0: And here we are with the new flyweight champion of the world, Senor Luke Shabashanks. How you doing, my friend?
1: Yeah, very well. Thanks, oh. yourself.
0: I was very formal. I mean, being at the gym for X amount of years, I mean, to say, it's more of this podcast is all about your sort of, you know, under my tutelage and how my mentoring has got you to world championship status. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is it. Mate. Being your punching bag for the last X amount of years has <laughs> been all right. How was life in sunny <laughs> Scotland?
1: Yeah, it's good, man. It's uh, cold, getting cold again. <laughs> it's getting cold now up there. But um, no, it's really good, man. I don't, I don't see much, much of outdoors anywhere. I'm just here in the gym most of the time. But uh, yeah, it's good. it's
0: good. I mean, this is it. They made quite a big thing of that on them, KJRs, about you living in the gym and being some sort of like gym hobbit. But again, it wasn't quite as dramatic as that in the same sense. But So with your training post-fight then have you had much time to sort of like deload? Because again, as much as you didn't take that much damage in the fight itself, obviously the stress, the camp, everything else, do you have much of time from the fight onwards to sort of, you know, recover as such?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, well, as you know, I came came back uh,
0: to Northampton to
1: see my mum and uh, friends and family and I popped in BST. (laughs) But yeah, it was was like, because of the six-person rule thing, it, it was supposed to be like, we we're supposed to have a champ party when, um, uh, we finished like, um, that, that was the plan, but it, instead of having one night, we had to do three nights of six people. So instead of having one night of just getting wrecked, it was a uh, free, so yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I was pretty, um, I was pretty knackered after that one. And then ever since I've just been sort of back on it and, um, yeah, just, just training as usual, um. Uh, I didn't pick up any injuries it was a hard camp so uh, the week back after that was quite hard getting back into things but uh, yeah I've been back for about two weeks now I'm feeling
0: great. I mean this is a huge transition in itself because again like your training the level almost your base has gone up that much more so again your camps are they like technique sort of strategy specific are they more like conditioning sort of side is it quite balanced what do your camps tend to look like opposed to standard sort of fight training?
1: Uh, It's just, it's very intense, man. Um, The last four weeks, I can only really do that for for four weeks because that is strenuous on your body. That's like pretty much four hours a day, six days a week, you know, two in the morning, two at night. And um, yeah, it's just the intensity goes up each time. And then obviously, you have a tape a week when you're cutting the weight, but. But even so, the, the sort of last four or five weeks, that's, that's pretty full on intense. And um, even now, it's it's pretty intense, but it's not not to that same level just yet.
0: Now, when it comes to, obviously, intensity sort of varies again in regards to peaking and this kind of thing in itself. Do you sort of program that in your own training? Is it sort of the coaches themselves that is James Doolin sort of behind that? Or is it more sort of how you feel and sort of play around with it?
1: Yeah, every fight is different, and um, I sort of do it on what what I've always done it on, and good um, now. Now the joys of being full time, I'm really um, pushing myself further. Like James gives me the plan for the week, and then it's pretty intense as it is, and then. Uh, some, some days I can't have a rest day, I'm doing active rest and stuff like that and uh, just throwing a few extra sessions in um, myself, like uh, I just did a bit extra today. I've done uh, swimming and then ran 10k, so it's just just a little bit on top, that's more for um, a little bit of recovery as well as swimming, uh, sorting my body out if you've got a sore back or something, uh, swimming is good for that kind of stuff, knocking out all the aches and pains.
0: Well, definitely, because again, the thing with swimming, you don't have the same sort of like joint strain as well, because again, the nature of being one of those sort of lighter, faster guys, the extra sort of pace, the more sort of, you know, every much more steps to try and catch up, sort of get the distance up, and sort of wearing the joints and this, that, and the other. And yeah. when it comes to like, because uh, of the intensity and the sort of fatigue side, because again, you obviously got your recovery down with that. Like, how does your, I don't know, training vary as such. So when you're swimming, sort of thing like that, was that just a sort of spur of the moment thing? Or is that part of like your... I don't know, off, out of gym conditioning sort of stuff. How would you sort of structure that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, it was before and um, I couldn't do it for my last one um, because of the the whole situation with the lockdown. So I'm only just getting in there now. I still got like a horrible feeling on my skin because you can have a shower and then jump out and have a shower, but they... They, they wouldn't let me use any shampoo in the, in the like green showers that they, they don't let you do that. Apparently it, um, it must spread Corona or something, but it's literally like a quick wet wash and you get out. But yeah, my hair and stuff is so I need to get enough shower. Now. <laughs> but,
0: I mean, you, you said it not me. It's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, back to the point. Um, I'm just sort of doing that three days a week now just for an hour swimming and then um, I'm using a running machine sometimes uh, if it's raining or whatever because um I was doing a lot of raining uh, sorry I was doing a lot of running in the rain <laughs> at night time and uh, yes yeah, it's not so good I mean in the last four weeks I'll be doing that kind of stuff but right now I'm, I'm staying nice and warm while I'm doing that kind of stuff
0: you can't be raining in the run too long because it gets quite you know cold and a bit sort of strenuous in itself but there we are (laughs) I mean the main sort of thing behind these questions is more the sort of transition and how you're I don't know going about planning your sort of camps your sessions because again the transition in your training from BST to high level now I mean everything's been almost completely changed regards to structure regards of intensity as such because again it's not when i say intensity i mean the sort of the sessions you're putting that extra bit in versus the ones you're starting to train a bit smarter because again the frequencies increase so again if you have the intensity for every single session man you would be so fucking burn out all the time so yeah from like a sort of reference point as such what do you feel has been one of the biggest changes like because from your camps themselves what, what were you not doing at bst you have started picking up at higher levels that was really made the biggest sort of difference well,
1: Well, a lot's different, but um, at the same time, it's the same fundamentals. Um, It's just, yeah, the training regime is uh, somewhat similar, but I'm just, there's morning sessions too, basically. So um, there's pro morning sessions, two hours in the morning and two at night. So um, you can either do your morning sessions. So most of my work and sparring is done all in the mornings now. Uh, and then um, night times, like either jiu jitsu classes or um, I do a lot of strength and conditioning work now and stuff like that. Stuff that I wasn't really doing before and I knew I needed to do it, but um, yeah, it's all, it's all getting added in now to my game. But yeah, the main difference for me moving away is I'm not. I've not got the comforts of my mum and dad's house. You know what I mean. And uh, on on top of that, um, yeah, like that last fight. If I if I if I'd have lost that fight, um, that would have been me back in work. And uh, it's the same in December. It's like uh, that's what's driving me to train and do that extra mile because like, the the worst thing possibly that could happen in my mind is uh going back to work and not not being able to live my dreams so that, that's enough uh, in itself
0: i mean this is an interesting thing when it comes to goal setting because everyone talks about what you want to do but even more important i feel it's more important to say where do you not want to be like where do you want to be in five years yeah. it's a sort of cliche question but where do you not want to be like still stuck at home still not you know going out they're not doing this that and the other but again with that kind of pressure on your shoulders to then make sure you don't get end up in that sort of position how do you still stay like relaxed and have fun with the whole process? Like again, you're, <laughs> your last fight, you're there chatting shit to him. I'm the champ. this, that and the other again, dropping the elbows, being all happy, being you like that kind of composure. Is that part and parcel of it? Is it the whole sort of apocalypse image? Where does that sort of come from?
1: Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think too much into all that stuff. Uh, and uh, I didn't, I didn't actually plan on talking to him. It just kind of happened. But, um, Yeah, it was more, I I was right next to uh, Dan Dan Strauss, and I could hear him saying stuff that I weren't too happy about. So instead instead of uh, saying anything to him, I just thought I'd start shouting louder than him. So so, no no one can hear him, because I I didn't like it when he calls my punches rabbit punches. I was like, these ain't rabbit punches, (laughs) man. You want to get in there and feel them. You wouldn't be calling these rabbit punches if they were landed. Sort of thing, but um, I don't know. That might be the technical name for it, but I don't call them rabbit punches anyway. <laughs> and uh yeah, that, that's what made me do that shouting because I, I was I was literally uh, obviously in the no crowd thing, and then when they're six foot away, I can hear everything they're saying because <laughs> I'm stuck to the cage right where they're commentating. <laughs>
0: I mean, this is kind of where the UFC sort of taking a turn as well. You can hear the commentators saying they need to do this, they're not doing this. And okay, that's interesting. They start doing that, hearing the advice and sort of intervening. But again, the commentary on that side, Dan Strauss throwing shade. Like again, I've been on the other, other side, of like that. they ain't rabbit punches; they're horrible little things. Nasty fucking digging shots. And they're sort of clipping. Again, the little gloves as well, you're sort of styled, dirty elbows, little fucking cuts. And again, it's just, it's just horrible. <laughs> it's the best way for it. But regards to the crowd yeah, situation, no. like how have you found, why did you find that transition? Cause again, you were going to fight initially on the March card and then I think I had border problems with them um, for Dean, I'm not sure. But prior to that, again, you've only fought obviously in front of people. Like, what was that transition like?
1: Yeah. Cause, cause Cage Warriors is such a big show and there's so much um, like cameras and, you know, the, the whole filming cranes, etc. Um, and, uh, just the sheer amount of production team in the building to get these shows, um, sort of on, on the road apart from, of course the, the cheering, it, it wasn't as different as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a matter of like, uh, a weird eerie feel to the whole thing, but now you still get your walkout music and all that kind of stuff. So I think if, if the music weren't there, it'd be even more, uh, then then it'd be eerie. It'd be like right, here are in an empty building now. But uh yeah, when there's music in there it can kind of fool you. I was noticing that at the uh went to a regular gym on the running machine earlier and there's no music in there It's it was the same sort of eerie feeling as what I thought was gonna be at the the regular uh in the fight but no no it was um it was pretty much the same Mark. I didn't feel much difference. Um but uh, I do sometimes feed off the crowd as well, and I know a lot of my opponents in the past have almost broke when the crowd is cheering or not cheering, etc. And I don't seem to pay too much attention to that because um, some some of my favourite fighters have been booed, if you know what I mean. Like they've been booed for the whole fight. But I'm thinking so. So uh, it even Khabib, I was just watching his fight back with. um uh ala quinter and he was getting booed because uh, it was in new york so he's getting badly booed on the way the way to the cage and uh all throughout the fight even though of course he's winning the whole thing so yeah it, w- it wasn't um wasn't any different to me but it does affect a lot of people i know that
0: i mean this is kind of it as well i'm mean, like being the healer such is almost a bit fun and not Thing i like spoiling the party a little bit and this is kind of interesting again, how your sort of style changed like over that sort of time again, that transition period. Because fight and before that, it was very much, I don't know, known for being the untidy kind of fight. So as though you had the technique, you had everything else. It was more the sort of scrappiness that made it that much more effective. Whereas now you take the Sanfordene fight, absolutely clinical as in clean airtight and just absolutely suffocating kind of pressure. And again, it's an interesting sort of style because I'm curious how well that would have been received by the crowd. Because again, if you're there fucking standing bang, sort of, you know, just plea, let me bang bro kind of mood to um, yeah. smashing, clinching up. I'm curious how, I don't know, like, because you say feeling off the crowd, again, that can go two ways. Like, when you, have you been booed before and had to react against that as such? Do you try and ignore it? How do you manage that as such? Yeah, yeah
1: that's a good point, Order. If I had a got booed at any stage, I would have probably stepped the punishment up even more. Because I, I th- I'd be thinking, like, I'm not having this. so I'm, I'm going to, like, put on more of a clinic and get a finish. But, yeah, because that wasn't there, all my main focus was, was win the fight. As you know, Cage Warriors, there's no knockout bonus. There's no finish bonus. There's so much on the line. My job was just to, to win the fight. And... Uh, given all these other targets like knockout bonus finishing bonus it might have been a bit different but um as you know there's so much on the line and i weren't risking anything to put my uh put my rank at the bottom of the list again i'm not ready for any any of that anytime
0: soon that's a huge point I and mean, without the incentive to try and get a specific finish if anything it was more the fact it was dominant performance of five rounds like there's no round no second where it wasn't that sort of way i feel that had more weight behind it because again if you get like a finish in the first round or two there's a conversation for a rematch oh i might have been lucky i'm saying if you got 25 minutes saying it wasn't lucky i think there's not much more of a conversation after that so regards to your right yeah
1: oh yeah sorry well, that just made me think um, think back to it. And, uh, yeah, as, I, as I'm getting ready, I'm standing there getting ready to go out. And then, uh, happily, I just seen he scored that first-round knockout. And then he starts calling me a bum, and he should have got the title and this and that. And I'm standing there ready to go out, and I'm thinking, right, this has made me mad. And I'm thinking, if I score a first-round knockout, I'm going to be in the same – I'm just going to look the same as him. And uh, I thought, what? What's better than like um five rounds of getting beaten up I, I think I'd rather get knocked out in the first round than take a five round beating that can possibly change your life It's like um so yeah that that's another thing he he made me angry, and I took it out on uh, the guy in front of me, but yeah I mean I was cool, calm, collected in there, but at the same time, I did have that venom. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's kind of what you need as well that extra sort of like you know you want it a bit more a bit nasty a bit more intentions and this is an interesting sort of transition in itself because again like when you get caught with a shot or caught with a sub or whatever getting the, the wording there it's caught are you know if you didn't make that mistake it would have been all right again five towards 25 minutes of just yeah i'm getting smashed that wanting to sort of quit that sort of okay it was punishment it's like oh there's not really much to say after that so, regards to your preference from where you go next from here, would you want to start clearing out the names in the in the current division now in um flyweights? Would you move to bantamweight? What's your like current preference now? Obviously, you got trilogy in December, nothing I think confirmed yet. Yeah, but what's the preference?
1: Yeah, like, um, well, yes, it's a big risk, you know. Um, in this, like, if if you're in the UFC and you're getting big money to to take the leap up. And do that. guy. I mean, by all means, I'll, I'll do it. But um, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm going to defend this belt for sure the first time round. And then that that's the thing. At the minute, it's getting to the point where like, if I do get injuries in this in in the sport fighting these uh, like world class uh, competition, I, I've got no money to fix myself. So um, I would like to go be the champ, champ and hang around in cage warriors as long as possible. But at the same time, you're thinking, man, uh, you're, you're, you're back to work at any second. Cause like, um, like for instance, this week I've just spent more than what I got in the whole fight for the fight bus on um, tests and stuff. So I can work with one of the best nutritionists in the world, uh, Israel Adesanya's nutritionist, Jordan Sullivan. So, um, I've just literally put all, all my money into uh, that so I can work with one of the best guys to get to that next level like I, I'm not um, saving anything I'm spending it all so I can like be the best uh, version for for when that time comes but but yeah like you say I, I do want to get to the UFC and uh, the way money wise uh, the way things are going I I need to do the quickest route possible I think so uh, yeah I think I'll keep just defending the flyweight title maybe aim for the two UFC belts maybe get the bantamweight and one we'll see
0: pick up on the way and this is kind of the same sort of wage conversation at this sort of level because again you get like Jai Herbert again saying uh, he's got the um, champion belt on the Saturday night and he's got his tour belt on the Monday so it's one of those sort of things that why are these world champions still having to work like why is, why is this part of it and again obviously being part of cage whereas you can't give too much of a you know this that and the other on it but again it's quite frustrating but it's good to see you're reinvesting back in yourself in that extra sort of step because again you've gotten this bit further from investing in yourself so why you know stop it there now with nutrition there then what's the usual sort of preference with you and how you've done it before like is it the weight count specifically is it general performance is it how you're feeling recovery what, what is it you want to get from the nutrition the way you're changing it up
1: um i just want um Like, um, I had a nutritionist and uh, strength from the national coach here. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, but I I wasn't following the the plan. Um, I had my clean eat meal prep on the side. And then uh, in between, I wasn't following the plan of what to eat. Because, say, I have a spare, like, 1,000 calories to eat. Whatever I was eating, it it wasn't... um, it wasn't on the plan and it wasn't working for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, I just want to see what this, uh, Jordan can sort of fix up for me. And, um, also, yeah, the clean eat meal prep I'm using at the minute, they, they can tailor make any food. So maybe the meals, um, weren't great for my body, et cetera. So I'm getting all the testing done to see what's, what's best. And, uh, yeah, just just so I can get get all that optimum performance in because uh, like before this fight, I got to I got to the uh, uh, where where I got to like beating Pietro Menga, I'm like a terrible diet. So I know if I if I fix that, like that's my one thing. Uh, I can stay disciplined and everything else. But so far the the nutrition side is uh, where I've been lacking. So um, now I'm the champ. I'm gonna start. Um, Acting like the champ and uh, get all the nutrition in. Um, and I'm sure you'll see uh, my body change in the next fight because I'll, be, uh, <laughs> I'll be working with one of the best guys in the world.
0: In this, it's like getting Diet Coxy Burger King no, you'd be or right, I think I get it down to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> at least Banner White, nothing else. I mean, I remember, obviously, this is, I'd say off the record, but over the old school beers, there's getting your McFlurries, this, that, and the other. So yeah, you know, <laughs> you've got to get your treat meals in every now and then. And on the sort of yeah. subject of like treat meals and like obviously enjoying yourself because obviously when you're the champ, you're training full time, you're living in the gym. Uh, how would you find time? Not sort of I don't know, burning out with the whole MMA twenty four seven. Obviously, it's your life, but how do you find that kind of switch off sort of period? Is it sort of a session in the week? You sort of do something different, a bit of fun. Is it just rest when you need to? How do you find that balance?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't got anything confirmed just yet, but um that's the thing it's non-stop man even when I'm back home uh, even on those three nights drinking and this and that I'm thinking like I'm almost feeling guilty because I'm like I've got another fight in December and I'm defending this belt and th- and that's the thing why a lot of the best guys in the gym can't fight because when you've got a fight it's like that opponent especially at this level now maybe an amateur it wasn't the same but at this level now, when I when I've got an opponent uh that's like all, equally a world class fighter, you're you're thinking about them twenty four seven. Even when you're laughing and joking with your mates, they're in the back of your head. And uh you just have to deal with that. And um that's what that's what makes you um better every day. But some people just can't deal with that. They have to take a break or whatever. It's um it's not easy man, but uh you just you just have to deal with it. It's uh, part and parcel of the job, but uh, yeah, there's no switching off for me. Although I'm, um, I've just moved out of the gym. I'm still spending about twelve hours a day, but um, I've moved out of the gym and uh, yeah, one of one of my friends uh, at the gym. He owns a pub slash hotel, and uh, I'm living there now. So it get gets me out. So so I sleep outside the gym and then back in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't want to become a a, a full on gym rat. <laughs> I thought I'll <laughs> never be able to get back into normal society or just be just be the gym rat.
0: <laughs> just covering and ringworm and stuff and stuff. i be a full time mum like pub rack, I kind of think instead, just be absolutely pissed, absolutely wanker, like sponsored by Stella. When I, I was
1: actually thinking of it more on the prison terms, you know, you know, when you see some documentaries on on prisoners where they, they can't go back into regular society because <laughs> it's what I'd be like in the gym. I wouldn't be able to leave after a while. <laughs> I've just been there too long. So I thought i will better better sleep somewhere else. Just, just so stay a bit safe.
0: <laughs> it definitely makes sense to have that like, kind of divide anyway. Like, everyone at the minute, obviously with COVID, like working from home, again, that work, at work home life sort of split is always a bit tricky. And again, when it's something like what you're doing now, there's no like nine to five, it's 24 seven. And it's then trying to find that split somewhere there anyway. Now with the mindset side of it, it's quite an interesting one. So when it comes to your personal things and you're saying about your opponent is sort of on the front of your mind no about what you're doing, you've got to try and make sure you're outworking them. How do you find, be able to rest when you need to knowing that still? Because thinking, okay, I feel a bit sore, a bit broken, but this guy's also training because in everyone's mind, their opponent is some sort of athlete. Who's like, you know, <laughs> crazy levels, doesn't get injured. He's fucking nonstop. But like, how do you find yeah. allowing yourself to rest when you need to?
1: Yeah, honestly, it's hard work, man. It's like, uh, that's the thing. None of these guys are resting, man. You see, you seem could be, be a broken toe and he's still training, man. Uh, that's the difference between these guys and, um, Everyone else do you see that x ray of his toe that 's just grimly. come up yeah it's just like um that 's the thing when you when you speak to guys that have quit their sports and they 've gone back into regular jobs with injuries uh they'll be like well you're lucky you haven 't had any injuries and it's like trust me man I, i've got a, i've got a ton of them, and uh i 'm just one of the guys that never stopped and that 's the only difference everyone 's getting injured every day, and uh yeah i'm um, I'll never rest, man, I'll just do something else. Like um say if I if I've got a sore neck or a sore leg, I'll just do something else, but I'm always training. It, even if you're not doing that much, it's the mentality is still training. So if you got a sore leg, I'll I'll go on and do some arm exercises. I'll always be doing something and uh yeah, not not switching off. I'm taking the rehab and stretching and yoga sort of side of things a lot more now because i can feel uh yeah your body's body takes longer to recover when you as you're getting older i can even tell from like 21 to 25 it's starting to hit me a little bit
0: now i was going to say be careful with that treading lightly because i'm 25 as well i'm thinking you're saying i'm getting old now i think you're off <laughs> it's, not, it's not that bad it's all right it's one of them ones but yeah it's good to see like you've got that healthy kind of balance sense if it's not like you know complete flat line switch off but it's not still trying to, again, the other side of things, you still manage to sort of tick over, keep your things, I don't know, keep, keep things ticking over quite nicely. And with that side still, when you're sparring and you're like, you know, competing with each other in the gym, how do you find that kind of like mental sort of side of things? Are you trying to win the rounds? Is it trying to like, I don't know, work on certain techniques specifically? Is it stuff you've done in the class? Like what's your, I don't know, reference points. say you go in the gym for session whenever, sparring session, five fives, whatever you're doing. What is your yeah. mindset at that?
1: Yeah, I'm, all, I'm always trying to win, man, uh, all the time. Even uh, yeah, if if I lose the round, it's uh, it's a bad thing. Me, me and Raymond had uh, a crazy little rivalry at BST. Like, say say if I ever won the round one day it'd be like floating around in his head and he'd change up the game and do something different to me. And, uh, yeah, we're always going back and forth for that. We're always trying to just, uh, edge the rounds of each other. And, uh, of course Raymond's Raymond's a nightmare to deal with. And that's why it got me so good in the wrestling and, uh, my wrestling defense, etc. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to edge the rounds and, um, yeah, if I'm losing them, I'm always like, thinking about them the next day and uh, just trying to get better. But I, I won't do anything. They're, they're not super competitive to the point where you're trying to kill the guys. I'm talking like uh, wrestling exchanges, winning on points, getting more volume and uh, not getting hit, etc. more than just trying to finish the guy.
0: <laughs> this is kind of it like hey, a little light round trying to win it i'm gonna fucking knock you out and i'll win by, win by finish instead of like points but yeah i see what you mean you're trying yeah. to like you know edge it out but yeah I'm, well, try, I'm
1: trying to hit hit the guy five times lightly, not one hard one <laughs> in training
0: though <laughs> i was gonna so glad you specified that now with yeah. the question itself a bit of an extension sort of thing with this with say you have five rounds first round you end up losing on points by your own sort of judging scorecards what happens in the next round with yep. someone else? Are you then trying to win that round with more aggression, or is it a completely fresh round to you?
1: No, yeah, yeah. If you're down, you've got to you've got to make up for it. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. No, if, if I uh, say in the Hignett fight, I messed up in the first round, um, and uh, he was just a little bit more active, and then I was thinking, oh, that's pretty even because I got a takedown, I uh, got a few strikes off, but. Yeah, my coach was like, "Man, you're down." I was like, "What? Down? I'm down around." Him. And I, I instantly I was pissed off, and I, I made up for it in the last two. And uh, yeah, that's that's always the way you got to be. You can if if you're down, you've got to make up for it, or you, or you're gonna stay on that losing. Um, you, you're just gonna lose the fight. You you need to do something about it right then and there. It's not a fresh round. You're one round down because. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can see that in the guys that are winning the fights and trying to get finishes to the guys that are just trying to get finishes. And uh, of course, if they don't get their finish, they've lost the fight. It's uh, It used to be the way I used to fight, but not anymore. I and
0: mean, this sort of takes me to the next sort of point with this. Again, it's more your not priorities in the sense of like what you want to do. Obviously, you want to get the finishes, you want to you know get the highlight reel stuff, but when it comes to your fight preferences, so what means more to you now opposed to back before the high-level move, essentially? Is it more general, like, ground control and positioning stuff? Is it more just less damage you take? What's your concept of winning a round or such? What's your preference when you go to sort of think, okay, I won that because X, Y, and Z? Um. Yeah, I don't, I
1: don't have a preference. I just want to be dominant, like, uh, feared almost, like, could be... <laughs> <laughs> to be that gym guy have guys coming in. Uh, people are scared of him. I, I want that sort of. I want that sort of um reputation, and that's what you got to learn, man. But um, yeah, I mean, guys. That could be for <laughs> I'm so scared, man. You See, Gagey before the fight, he, he stood across to him, and uh, that's when it really hit him. He's like, "Oh no, what I've got myself in for now." man. And uh, he he broke before the fight started, and uh, that, that's the problem, man. Did you did you catch on to that? He didn't look too confident before the fight started, Gagey
0: this is what but, the alarm bells did you any of. that yeah I yeah. saw so, because again this is the weird transition that Gaethje's the one who has too much fun and needs to learn to relax all this that and the other but he just looks so tense so sort of nervous and again obviously you're fighting yeah. for a world title you're going to be a bit nervous but this is from someone who's always given for the provider of you know I don't give a shit I love it in there I've got to be told to calm down I'm loving it so much but he's just fucking petrified
1: yeah
0: now yeah that's um, the thing
1: I think against McGregor, he wouldn't have been like that. <laughs> I think he would have been all relaxed and enjoyed it. But that guy's just terrifying, man. I do not want to be stood next to, stood against Khabib.
0: I <laughs> might be horrible. Absolutely He's just exhausting. Now, with that being said, again, Khabib being quite a bit bigger than you, obviously, just for general parlance. Do you train with a lot of guys of different weights, or is it all your specific division? You're doing like. I don't know, flies to, like, bantams? Or are you doing, like, the whole gym, mixed levels, mixed weights? What's sure like, preference, like, sparring partners? Yeah, I try, um...
1: I try and stay... Um... Try and stay with, uh, bantams up to featherweight. Lightweights, uh... For taking knocks and bangs it's not good, man. <laughs> um... I do wrestling and grappling with lightweights and above, but... For, for striking, it's not clever, man. It's like, um... These guys hit hard man, and uh, when you're a smaller guy, you don't want to be taking shots off these big guys i 've done that since like when when I was ten training, I started uh, kickboxing at age ten, and I was fighting like fully grown men uh, sort of from about thirteen onwards and uh I was, I was still the same size as I am now. Uh, they were all saying, "Oh, you're going to be a huge kid one day," and I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, you're still, you waiting
0: still waiting for it."
1: Still waiting for it. my mom was small, so I always knew I was going to just. She said uh, it was the same thing for her in the school. She had a huge growth spurt early on, and then there was no sort of size difference. I think I was five five when I was 13, and then uh, <laughs> just stopped from there. But um, yeah, I've I've always been um, training with these bigger guys, and then uh, when you see Kavanaugh and people like that saying my body's crippled because I, I was training with the big guys, so uh, it's not a good idea. So, yeah, for fit, fit weights and below uh, is is better.
0: I mean, this is kind of where that was sort of going, as such because, again, as much as now it's all a team, you're all friends, and sat in the there is now the big champ, big golden X on your back that being the world champion, that oh, I stopped the world champion, I stopped the world champion. Like, how do you find? I don't know. Do you feel that pressure a bit more in the gym with rolling with people and sparring people? As much as it's all like a, a, the usual atmosphere, do you feel a bit more of a, okay, I'll see what
1: you uh, Not really, man. Not really. <laughs> I've always, um, now I'm still the same, man. Like, uh, if you beat me back then, I would have been more mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Closer to the fight, that's when I'm like, man, I can't lose a round anymore. And I, I, I won't be fuming, but I'll be thinking about it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I shouldn't have, walked, shouldn't have done that. shouldn't have done this. And, uh, yeah, no, so I've always, uh, I've always got a target on my
0: back anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's another conversation in itself. That's, 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 a different topic, but there we are. Again, <laughs> and this is also came when it comes to like, obviously the weight differentials and the wear and tear, because this is it as much as like, we're talking about injury prevention, just from like general rehab and stuff when you get fucking 100 kilo guys on you're trying to fucking smash you. Like, you tell me how good your technique is when you're just getting fucking just steamrolled. (laughs) I don't know, that's different world. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah, I'm too tough for my own good as well. And I won't want to uh, (laughs) tap. I learned my lesson a few times at BST. I had some some big judo guy uh, crunching me up a few times (laughs) few other guys putting me to sleep, I'm like, no, I'm not getting tapped by you, because you can tell their technique's not that great, but when you're like a 110 kilogram judo guy, that's done it since the age of five, but his BJJ technique's a little off, he's still going to put you to sleep with the the, the lapel grabs. so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm too tough of my own good, so I need to go with smaller guys, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can attest to that. I think I remember seeing that once or twice, but here we are again. (laughs) There's a bit of validation there. stamp of approval stamp of acknowledgement. It's been validated. Here we are. Um, We'll take a quick break for a sponsor shout out. So any sponsors you've got to hand, anyone you want to shout out at the minute?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, my main guys are clean eat meal prep, sorting my food out. The the new additions is, uh, yeah, um, Jordan Sullivan from... um, is, yeah, the nutrition side of things, Israel Adesanya's boy from across the pond. And then um, um red light therapy, they're, they're, they've gave me um, one of their lights, uh, it's a light Midi, and uh, I've been using a, a cheaper red light device for the last, say, two years, but now I've finally got my hands on one of the really good ones. And uh, basically the time difference... I used to sit on the for say 20 to 30 minutes every night on different areas of your body. Now I'm just, uh, five minutes with the the best one possible. And, uh, it, the recovery with uh, these things is amazing, man. And they cure a lot of other things like psoriasis and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just using it purely for recovery and, uh, um, like getting good blood to your areas. So, um, yeah, shout out to them, guys. and um, Yeah, I think, I think I've think got a new uh, Fight Gear sponsor as well, but it's not fully been announced yet, so I'll keep that one quiet. Okay, and, much. of course, my uh, It Gel CBD, um, yeah, they've sort, sort of in my apocalypse range. And uh, we're, we're actually, there's a few pages of uh, me with a belt in a magazine coming up in the next month or so, so that would
0: be pretty cool as well. Awesome, and shout out to the podcast sponsors the English Hypnotist for all your sort of hypnotic needs again he's a really interesting guy so if you go over to his website englishhypnotist.com he works with guys like Tim Wilde Jack Owen myself every now and then and again it's this sort of extra sort of mental sort of support like again these sort of conversations to help you sort of I don't know understand certain things and again it's not just fighter specific it's business people people who sort of self-sabotaging and such it's interesting to really understand it a lot more We've also got Rico Fightwear. Oh, sorry, Rico Clothing, not just Fightwear specifically. It's Fightwear as well, but here we are. So Pod10 at checkout. And the people's IT for all your website needs. So with the recovery, so we'll play around with that a bit more then. So does it affect your sleep, the um, red light stuff? Is that just general therapy? Is it just for specific injury rehab and like recovery? Was that really based around? Yeah, I'm not an expert
1: in the field but I've been using one for a long time and uh, my sports therapist uh Dougie Scott back to balance he's been using one on me in the treatment room for for the past over a year as well and um he'd use it alongside acupuncture etc and it just gets all the all the blood to the area and uh, the recovery and um Yeah, all, all the scientists everywhere. Uh, no one's got a bad word to say about the red light therapy. It's really helping people. Unlike uh, so the psoriasis, for instance, it's getting rid of the the area, and it's not bad for your skin. Like the only other thing they had before was they go to the UV sunbed place where you get the tan, but you're also giving yourself skin cancer. So it's it's uh it's one of the only lights unlike blue light you get from the uh led lights which is bad for you at night time they're also using the red light instead of blue light they're they're putting their red light on at night time because uh it messes up your um your body clock when the bright lights are on at night time so i've been trying to use the red light only and then stay off my phone for the last three hours before bed because uh it really messes up your sleep. But apart from that, yeah, I'd use it for recovery in the, at night time. Um, yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, it's very good for your eyes as well. I've actually got bad eyes and uh, I'm always using it for my eyes. You can just sit 30, 30 centimetres away from it, close your eyes or uh, use like indirect light coming in and um, yeah, it even fixes your eyes. So it's, it's pretty good. He's
0: a kid. I was going to say that's uh, pretty miraculous and don't talk yourself down mate you're a scientist it's all right everyone knows that it's fine <laughs> and this is kind of what I wanted to get regards to the sleeping side of things and recovery because again when you're doing the sort of doubles and you're doing the early mornings this that, and the other again it's that sleep sort of gaps in between like it's so important and I was cvd as well I found that really helpful like sort of aches and pains and sort of niggles is your sleep like sort of patterns is it like this your usual sort of night, eight hours, and then i sort of nap in between during the day. What's your usual, I don't know, sleep schedule, like when it comes to training throughout the day?
1: Yeah. I don't actually nap in the day in between sessions, but that's, that's just a personal preference. I just take, um, a good eight hours. Cause otherwise if, if I've napped in the day, I don't seem to take the full eight at night time, So it affects the deep sleep. And, uh, yeah, I read a few books on the, the sleeps are, uh, and, um, eight is really important and the nap in between is pretty important but it's um, if you're taking a nap in between then only getting seven at night you're not getting that extra hour of deep sleep which is way more important so um for me eight's enough but yeah when I when I wasn't full time I was doing about six because I, I was training at BST and then waking up for work at seven in the morning you know the score it's like uh You're non-stop, you're doing that extra three hours after work at the gym and uh, you're not getting any sleep. So eight for me is like a miracle because I was running on six before. So, uh, yeah, you can, as you can imagine, with cancelling out the blue light from, uh, you can either get the glasses, you can get the blue light blocking glasses or just move on to a red light.
0: These are bad uh,
1: boys. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, stay, stay off your phone at um, night time for the last three hours. Um, there are other things like some phones have got blue light filters, but yeah, I'm trying to stay off it now because it's not good before that. Yeah.
0: This transition from when I first met you to now how professional you are, always a little intricacies as well. I love it. Cause again, this is like, you know, working always drinking energy drinks again, just having, you know, winging it essentially. And now Absolutely professional yeah. athlete through and through. Love to see it, my friend. Absolutely love to see it. And yeah. again, again, this is like that transition and what you're saying about how you, you have to put this work in to make sure you can keep putting that work in, that you can still have these opportunities, these sort of platforms. And that's in itself because, again, you're by being the champion and having another fight, that then funds your next camp to then not have to get up at seven for work and then sleep better. And then it all sort of, the more you do, the more you seem to get out of it almost directly in that sense. Now, regards of your training like, in like on a campus yeah. whole, like obviously with lockdown restrictions, we'll sort of just put them to one side for a, for a time. being. Do, do you do all your work in house? Then, were you ever like visit afar? Because again, you've got quite a mix of um sort of Scottish sort of teams and stuff. Obviously, like um hit squad and um. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Um, no, I can get everything um, in house now. And uh, we've just got another wrestling coach in now, Kieran Malone. It's been, like, from from a young kid, he's been in, like, Ukraine wrestling uh, for for the UK and uh, the Scottish wrestling team. So, um, yeah, we, we've got everything we need in-house. Obviously, James is my jiu-jitsu and uh, striking coach. And, yeah, I've, I've never needed to go anywhere else. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all in-house along with my strength and condition. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the only other place I go is uh, down down the other local gym for the swimming pool, and that, that's pretty much it.
0: I don't think they're rivals, to be fair. I think it should be right. It was more from the sort of sparring point, because not so much the classes, because again, everyone's got their own ways of doing things. And again, if you've got the actual technical stuff there, it's fine. It was more the mix-up yeah. of, of sparring partners, because again, if you're sparring with the same people all the time, you pick up intricacies, you lose that kind of fresh person, open mat, don't know who this is, don't know their strengths, weaknesses. Like, yeah, Do you do yeah. much in the sense of like a fight simulation? Like, I know John Cavanagh talks about it quite a lot. Yeah. Like a sort of faux fight as such. Do you do anything to that extent or is it just sort of rinse and repeat the usual sort of uh, and things? Uh,
1: yeah, I thought about that. But um, yeah, basically all that is is kicking the shit out of someone that you're paying to bring in and kick the shit out of. and uh, It's almost like a confidence thing and I, I don't feel I need to do that. But um, that—that's sort of all that is. They—they they pay guys in. It's, it happens a lot in boxing. You pay someone to come in, and then you're like trying to kill them, basically. And uh, yeah, no, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, I don't feel I need to, but um, I do get a, a wide array. Um, like uh, one one championship fighter, Chris Shaw. He's uh, he fought Rodleck, uh Really. Yeah, yeah, he's um, training alongside me and uh, he, he's actually making his uh, transition into MMA. So I'm going to start helping him with wrestling, takedown down defence and stuff. And yeah, hopefully he can give me some tips in the striking because <laughs> yeah, he's really skilled. And um, Scott Malone as well, mm-hmm. he travels down from Dundee and uh, we've like, been sparring from the last fight together. And uh, he's also on the same cut. Well, actually, I'm not sure yet. He, he might be on the same cut as me. Uh, in December,
0: but nothing's confirmed for me or him there. No. Uh, Blatant congratulations to um, Scott Malone for his championship on Evolution of Combat. I think it was got the strap on there. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. do you ever train with um, Aiden Stephen? Because again, he trains with Scott every now and then. Um,
1: and- yeah, I, I trained with him uh, once or twice uh, before lockdown. But see, since the lockdown. He, he wasn't able to come to our gym just for uh, obviously COVID restrictions. Um, we haven't been getting people in at that point, but when things are back to normal, um, hopefully, yeah, we'll get we'll get Aidan down. But um, yeah, he comes down once every in a blue moon because he's about three hours away. I think.
0: Is it again? In my world, Scotland yeah. just just north, and that's it. They're on the same um, place.
1: He's in the Highlands. Yeah, we don't see him much. Uh, same either. even Ross Houston, I think he's even higher. I think he's like four four hours away or something crazy. So I've never actually been that high, high up yet myself. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think he's Inverness, I'm not too sure. I've got no idea. I'm just trying to sound cultured, yeah. like I know geography, but here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, he is because he's, uh, I think he's affiliated with, uh, is it SBG, Vanessa or something like that?
0: I don't know, everyone, every, if everyone trains somewhere, I'm not too sure. But again, it's quite a nice mix, again, the three of you, because again, it's all like, you've got you, the fly, you've got Battenham, Scott, and Featherweight um Aiden. So again, no sort of of interest sort of thing in itself. And this is kind of it where it comes to friends in the same sort of categories of stuff. How would you feel like, say, you've got to fight an ant against, like, a former teammate, for example? I'm not saying we're going to sort of jump out of some sort. Of, okay, here's some fly you used to train with, yeah. and now you're going to fight with casuals, But where do you sort of sit on that sort of side of things? Do you have to, I don't know, have a bit of venom to fight someone, or is it just okay? You just fight whoever's in front of you and then put it there. No,
1: like- I'm, uh, no yeah, because um, people on other interviews have always asked me. It was always um, after the manga fight. It's like, are you going to fight Sam Greasy, or are you going to fight for the belt? And I, I said, I, I don't know. Problem of fighting Sam, even though he's a good, good friend, uh, and obviously we've been training together. He's like a, f- a friend of BST as well, and now I think his brother's there full time. So I'm not a problem of fighting anyone now. I don't need that. Uh, most of the time, it's just a sport for me. Unless someone upsets me personally, it's just a sport for me. And uh, yeah, I'll fight anyone, uh, even if we've been friends or whatever. It's just. It's just a fight, man. <laughs> it's business,
0: isn't it? I mean, this is kind of it. And this is where, like, I don't know, you sort of appreciate Because where the question really came from, it's going to seem like Jack, uh, Hadley, again, you end up getting quite a number of things he was saying. So when you went into a fight, a bit more venom, a bit more anger. And again, this sort of, not conflictions as such, but again, you're trying to be respectful, trying to be a sport, but you also need a bit of malice, you need a bit of intention. So it's that weird kind of melting pot of, okay, I'm trying to be yeah. nice, but I'm also trying to kick his head in and make sure I mean it. And everything else, i to shake his hand afterwards. But there's this weird, like, <laughs> trying to work out where the lines are uh, regards of trying to get that sort of I don't know melting pot mindset how have you yeah. has it always been that sort of way as such or has it been like a bit of some some of the other how have you found your style in that sense
1: yeah yeah like like you say um, although yeah when if someone accepted to fight me even if they're a friend or not, I'll be thinking hang on a minute this guy thinks he can beat me and then it's like a personal assault and it's like you ain't going to beat me, I might fight you. And uh, there's that side of it. So we'll be friends up until that point, and then fight, and then we'll be friends again. But during that time when you're trying to take each other's crown, that there can't be any friendships going on there. So, yeah, um, once they sign the dotted line, they're an enemy until after the fight. But then, yeah, it's back to normal. Um, I don't have any like little feelings for anyone I have fought in the
0: past. Now that in itself is an interesting one. Like again, like have you trained with anyone you fought after the fact?
1: Uh yeah 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 I have. Yeah, um, I'll probably debut up here with Gary Priestley. I've been um, training for him because he's um a very good TIE fighter, and he he actually has the same kind of style as uh. Sam He's not very hands down low and so so jittery and fast. It's like um he's not fun to spar with because he's so like fast and snappy and uh yeah, after a few um sessions with him I got used to that speed because these guys have got speed on me. <laughs> and yeah, we're we're great friends and then um I'm sure yeah, there's a lot of other fighters that i get on now as well that I've fought in the past.
0: I mean, this is kind of as soon as you go through the through the Cage Wars roster in itself, like kind of Hignett, for example, like Adam Alasinga, I and mean, you get all these sort of guys who would make good training partners because they're different sort of styles. But in the same breath, you know, being friends with people who you're going to fight is that whole weird kind of yeah, we're going to train like mates, but you know, we're, we're going to remember who won, what's around, know where the strengths were, we're going to make notes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: there's a few who've congregated together, and they'll they'll say they don't want to fight because they're my teammates, etc. You seem to get that with the insecure ones, but I'm not one of the insecure ones, so I'll fight anyone. And uh, yeah,
0: this is it. Get a good, good little comment. You know me,
1: Dan. I'll fight anyone. But <laughs> well,
0: this is kind of it. As much. As I'm trying to have. this like you know, very professional. You know, professional athlete Luke Shanks, not a very serious, very. <laughs> there's also you know. He's gonna. Who <laughs> he wants to smoke? It's all good. He's gonna <laughs> have some fun with it. Um, last, most important question for you, my friend. Most important question for you, my friend. Post fight. I mean, this is pre-nutritionist like scans and stuff. This is whatever. Talk to me about takeaway. Because again what is after the weight cuts everything else because I've seen you have some nasty weight cuts what is the post fight not post weigh-in post weigh-in you've got a refuel yeah, yeah. but post fight got the celebration got the champ champ what's the yeah. what's on the menu oh
1: man normally it would be like going out for food no takeaways but I like uh, say Sheffield it was Cosmos do you know that Cosmos the, the world buffet place
0: Oh, it's like fusion stuff. just a general that? buffet, like a Red Hot kind of thing.
1: Uh, it's, it's called Cosmos. There's only a few. There's one in Sheffield. There's one in Edinburgh. I think there's one in Manchester. And that's like the best buffet you can get. <laughs> so normally it would have been somewhere like that. But um, yeah, I was just eating anything and everything. But <laughs> uh, I'd say um, maybe pizza.
0: <laughs> now... Maybe pizza ain't good enough for a professional world champion, my friend. What is on that pizza? Talk to me. Don't spare any details. You want to know what is going in that Domino's <laughs> box? Um, oh,
1: yeah. We'll get some wings as well. Chicken wings. <laughs> Chicken wings and maybe
0: a, a meat feast. <laughs> That's a busy boy. Thank you again for your time, my friend. Um, recap on the sponsors. We're English Hypnotist. Nice. Recap And the People's IT. And your sponsors, my friend?
1: Yeah, back to balance, bathgate, cleaning, meal prep, and mitochondria, and um, oh, I've got so many more. Can't we'll put them in the, the description. Send them over. Yeah.
0: We'll get them sorted there. Um, your yeah, social yeah, media. I'll, I'll
1: send them all over. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Thanks a lot.
0: And your social media, people can find you on?
1: Yes, the apocalypse MMA on Instagram. The Apocalypse Shanks on Facebook and uh Mr. Apocalypse, MMA on Twitter.
0: Cool, links those will be on the description. Thank you guys for
1: tuning in.